0: SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast.
1: Welcome to a new episode of the Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Jill Lundgren, Eric Henry here with you as always. It has been a productive few months for Marshall University, of course. The men's soccer team coming off a national championship win. Reason to be extremely optimistic for the football program as well. New head coach Charles Huff is our head coach this morning. Uh, Coach, once again, can't thank you enough for your time. Um, If you want to say hello to the good people listening to the podcast, Podcast here.
0: Yeah, hello to everybody. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, one of the uh, premier podcasts um, and, on, on radio today and, and really appreciative um, that you guys are spending a little bit of time with, with, uh, with Marshall University and Marshall football program.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for the high praise, Coach. Uh, Eric, I think that's the, uh, the first time a coach has referred to us as premier anything.
2: <laughs> speak for yourself joe i, I was a bit more happy
1: <laughs> like
2: you know, i'll, I'll spare coach huff and just in our listeners the al bundy story so uh, you no know, with that of course appreciate appreciate making the time and uh, yeah definitely looking forward when when his hire was announced he was one of the guys i was definitely looking forward to getting on this podcast so definitely can't wait to jump into some more questions here
1: <clears throat> for sure i mean eric you want to bat lead off on here with uh, our first line of interrogation
2: <laughs> i promise coach it won't be an interrogation but i'll go ahead and get things started <laughs> right, you kind of talked about and we we're off here a little bit but just want to ask you you know how's the transition to huntington been and for our broader cusa audience who may not know you are a native of maryland uh we know that because we saw the uh the area code coming on your phone call the 410 area code there but uh you're kind of next door to your, your your home area home base as far as the dmv area so Um, how's it been being, you know, first off the transition to Huntington and second part of the question is how's it been being relatively close to home? And is that going to be a, a point of emphasis for you in recruiting?
0: Yeah, um, obviously, you know, this is an area of the country that I have a lot of familiarity with, even though I moved around a bunch, I've always kind of recruited this area and kept in contact with a lot of the, you know, high school coaches and, and, and trainers in the area. Um, so it, so it, it's good kind of being back around you know people you've known for a very long time. Um, I think obviously the Huntington community has been phenomenal with me and my family as we've transitioned um, and kind of hit the ground running. Uh, one of the beautiful things about this community is um, they're a very welcoming community. Um, I think a lot of perception may be different, but when you're here and your feet are on the ground, um, there's not a person or a store or a hot dog stand that you go to where uh, people are not overly – um welcoming and appreciative of of you know us being here. So that's been great. Recruiting wise, we, we want to definitely make sure we attack the the, the five hour radius and, and and that includes the Maryland DMV area. You know, there are a lot of great players um in that area and in, in this you know this five hour radius, you know, to here to Huntington. Uh we're located in a very uh rich talent hotbed. Um, and I think I've got to do a great job, you know, with my staff of making sure that we comb through um, every athlete possible that that has an opportunity and the skill set to, to to play here at, at Marshall. And I think, you know, when you when you do those things, you're able to kind of really strengthen um, the the, the bonds and, the, and the, the the understanding of this place and this area of the country. So that's a big focus of ours coach want to follow up
2: on that in terms of the recruiting base and anyone who's taken a look at Marshall's roster over the past, you know, five, 10 years, of course that precedes your hiring, but anyone who's taken a look at the roster knows that South Florida has been a point of emphasis. And that's, you know, an area that I am based in being our FIU beat writer want to ask you uh, as DC, Maryland, Virginia will be a place of emphasis for you. How about the South Florida area? Of course, it's known nationally for just how talent rich it is in terms of high school football and the athletes that come out.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, we're going to have to continue to recruit the the, the entire state of Florida. Um, I think what you got to be careful of is you got to have balance in your roster based on your location. You know, I think when when you anywhere you're at, if you get too many players that are not regionally located, you lose a little bit of the the, the connection to the area. You know, so we try and go um, 80% in our five hour radius of our roster, 80% of that being from the five hour radius. Um, and then 10% of that, 20% of that, 10% being just outside the five-hour radius, which is in the 10-hour radius, and then 10% of that being being national. And, and if you keep that balance, I think what you do is when you go to areas like Florida, South Florida, uh, Texas, um, or wherever that may be, I think when you're going in with that mindset, you go in. And you get the right players. Um, there are plenty of players in those areas. Um, but when you go and you kind of just cast a net and you take, you know, an abundance, I think you lose a little bit of the connection. I think you lose a little bit of the um, awareness and the information gathering on those prospects. Obviously, the farther a young man is away from your campus, um, the less information you're able to truly gain. Um, And that's from him coming to visit, his family being able to come to visit, um, you being able to to communicate with people not only in his school but in his circle. Um, So, yes, we are going to continue to recruit South Florida and North Florida and Central Florida, but we got to do it um, in a strategic way. So we go down there and we get the right kids for Marshall University
2: want to follow up and ask you this and I'm you know sure you've been asked this before there was your introductory press conference and other venues but again want to kind of bring our broader USA audience here what does charles huff ideally want this program to look like and what does he want this program to embody
0: yeah i, I, I want to be a dominant a consistently dominant program i think um consistency is is the key and you know, i want people to say you know very similar to the the premier programs in the country is, is when when Marshall. Um, university football team hits the field. We're, we're going to get we're going to get a, a consistent product. Um, I, I think from what do we look like? I want to I want to be a big team. I want to be explosive. Um, I want to be dominant on defense. Um, and, and I think I want our guys to play with with a focus and, and intensity that that no opponent can match for 60 minutes. That doesn't mean that every play is going to be a touchdown or every play is going to be a tackle for loss. But over a 60 minute game, I want to be able to dominate the game, you know, on the perimeter and on the inside and the front seven. Um, And I want people to to see our consistency in our performance, consistency in our preparation, and consistency in our execution is something that they can bank on. Um, you know anytime they watch our program you know i want other teams not to want to play us I and mean, that, that's something that um, takes time to build that's something that takes time to ingrain in our in our in our organization um, and that's everything included from the way we recruit from the way we play from the way we practice from the way we interact in the community um, i want marshall university to be a premier consistent program and and and, and are we close we're close but um, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, so we've got a lot of work to do to get to that point.
2: I want to follow up and ask you this. Anyone who's watched Marshall football over the past few years know that the running game is a point of emphasis. Of course, Brendan Knox is one of the top backs in conference USA over the past few years, and he's taken his talents to the NFL. Gonna, you know, go to your current roster here. If you wouldn't mind bringing us up to speed and just kind of, you know, how you envision the running game looking in, in 2021 and who are some of the guys to keep an eye on with Mr. Knox's talents now in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I think what happens when you have a player of the caliber of of Knox is is sometimes the the, the guys behind him don't get a chance to really show what they can do. Um, And and I think right now it's a really good opportunity for the guys in that room to really show what they can do because we have some talent. You know, Sheldon Evans is is a veteran who's coming back who's got a lot of talent but didn't have um, as many opportunities, you know, because of Knox. I think um, Ali, Rasheen Ali is another guy who's, um, you know, blessed with a lot of talent in the tank, but just doesn't have the experience. Um, the same thing with um, Pop, you know, and the same thing with McDaniels. All of those guys have their own skill sets. I think right now, what they got to be able to do is they got to be able to speed their maturation up um, because they didn't get a ton of reps, you know, uh, when, when Knox was here, which is not a problem. Um it's an opportunity. Um it's an opportunity for them to go out every day um and, and, and close the gap on you know where Knox left off. And I think we have guys in the room that can do it. Um right now we're we're probably in a running back by committee standpoint, just because no one has really had the opportunity in a game or in a season to kind of take the reins, you know. So right now, all of those guys are, are, are grinding and and, um, and working hard. And I think as the season unfolds, one of those guys will will surface as kind of the, uh, the Knox replacement is probably a bad thing. But the next great running back here at Marshall is probably the best way to say it.
2: Coach, you want to follow up with a quick recruiting story here. And as I mentioned earlier, being the uh, <clears throat> FIUB right here for SB Nation, have a chance to, I'm going to try to relay this story from Butch Davis as best I can. Uh, Coach Davis, one of the stories he, he likes to tell us in terms of his, his recruiting was back when he was at the University of Miami, he was on a recruiting trip going to recruit, I believe it was Craig Erickson at the time up in the Jacksonville area. And, and as he was on the way to recruit Craig Erickson, the news came that, that Jeff George had, had committed to uh, the University of Miami, of course. Jeff George ended up going elsewhere, but at the time had, had given his commitment to the University of Miami. And Coach Davis said he thought at that moment, okay, I've got no shot of getting Craig Erickson. And then he walked into his living room, and luckily for for Coach Davis, Craig Erickson said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm here to compete, and I don't care which quarterback you bring in. I'm 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 a you know I'm committed to being a Hurricane. You have a, a reputation for being one of the best recruiters in the nation. Want to ask you this? Do you have a story that's similar? And obviously, you know, that that was before pre-social media and things of that nature. So things might have played a little bit differently in in current landscape. But do you have a story as a recruiter of, you know, maybe getting a kid who you weren't expecting or or, or, uh, a last minute switch happening, thinking, oh, man, that's going to change my entire plans here with someone I'm trying to recruit?
0: I don't know if I have anything as good as Coach Davis. He's obviously a, a legend in his own right um and especially in this game of football but but I think you know when when we were at Penn State we had an opportunity um you know to recruit Saquon Barkley well well Saquon wasn't even the best back in the state of Pennsylvania at the time um a young man named Andre Robinson was was the all-time leading rusher in a single season in the state and uh we had actually signed or committed um Andre Robinson um before Saquon. And, you know, as we started recruiting Saquon, you know, you you, you think it's probably gonna be hard for another back in the state who's already, quote unquote, behind um, one guy to actually commit. And, and it, it actually turned out that Saquon honestly didn't even know that Andre Robinson was the best back in the state, not because of a disrespect, just because Saquon was a kid that just went out and played. He didn't read the press clippings. He didn't say how many stats do I have. Um, and, and it turned out to be that both of those young men ended up coming to Penn State, and actually the young man who led the you know the state of Pennsylvania, which is obviously a talent-rich state, in rushing, um, ended up being um, Saquon's you know backup, if you could say, um, and we all know what Saquon ended up doing. So I, I think all of those situations, when when you're when you're truly trying to recruit young men, uh, getting into you know playing time or how many guys were taking. I think once you go down that road, you're probably not recruiting the right young men. Um, When you're recruiting a young man that says, hey, this is the best opportunity for me to grow as a person, as a player, Um, those are the kind of young men you want. And I tell all the guys, hey, after you commit, I'm gonna go try and sign a guy better than you next year. And and once you kind of establish that motto or that mold, um, players in your program know it's about competition. I want our practices to be harder than the games. The only way to do that is to recruit really, really good talent. Um, I think when young men start depth chart watching and well, you sign this quarterback or you sign this kid, so I'm not coming. I, I think they're running from competition, which you can run from it for a while, but eventually it will run from you. And when that happens, you're not able to to, to continue to grow as a player. You're not able to continue to grow as a competitor. Um, And you're probably coming to the end of your uh, athletic career when that happens. So we tell guys all the time, you know, we want to continue to recruit the best and we want somebody to make you work um, and somebody to push you. So in order to do that, we got to recruit good players.
2: Last one for you, Coach, before I pass it off to Joe, your time as a collegiate athlete, you played at Hampton University. Uh, start as a walk on fullback and then spent some time at tight end and guard before becoming a starting center just uh i i you know couldn't help but notice that transition fullback tight end guard center did you just you know kind of have a look a disposition that said you know, Coach. Wherever there's contact, <laughs> sign me up, and I'll just go go hit somebody. How did that uh, that transition? Yeah, work? I,
0: I got <laughs> fatter and slower. I mean, so the more the fatter I got and the slower I got, they just kept moving me, and then finally they were like, "Well, there's nowhere to go other than center of being fat and slow." So, no, I, I think I think it, it it's a a testament to you know my mindset just in life is you know you you, you do the best you can um, at whatever position or whatever role you're given. And when your role changes, you you do the best you can moving forward. And I think um, more and more players that have that mentality ultimately end up finding success faster than the players who I'm a quarterback and you're not moving me or I'm a wide out, you're not moving me. Um, I I think as your body grows, as you mature, um, as you gain more knowledge, um, good coaches find the best position for you. tell my players all the time no one's trying to screw you um so we're trying to find the best position for you and ultimately the best position for the team and I think that was um having that experience in my life gives me the opportunity to really be transparent with players as their maturation comes you know some some young men are playing tight end and they're you know six five and you know already 280 pounds and if their body transitions them into a different position i think you got to be open and honest and some men um come in and they're um you know overweight and they lose weight and they are you know, may move them but i think it's coaches jobs to put players in the best position to be successful i think it's players job um to take the coaching take the adjustments and be the best version of themselves
2: joe certainly uh, wise words from coach huff and as a former naia fullback i i, I can certainly you know uh, empathize with with that transition only thing is I, I just was lacking the the one thing that coach had probably had on me and that was talent so I didn't certainly <laughs> give the opportunity to make those
1: switches Joe yeah coach I can definitely relate to uh getting fatter, fatter and slower myself as a former lineman uh for for context here Eric and I are on video he's got a big gallon jug of water on his desk and I have this party size bag of peanut butter M&Ms on mine so that's kind of that's kind of the awesome. <laughs> The big difference between the two of us here. But staying on the topic of food, our listeners know that Eric and I like to, you know, kind of debate the best places to go out to eat, the different Conference USA towns that we visit. I want to ask you about something that's been hailed by the internet as kind of a West Virginia delicacy over the last couple of years, and, and that's the, the pepperoni roll. Um, I know you've only been in uh, Huntington for, for a short time here, but have you had a chance to, to sample pepperoni rolls? And if so, where's the best one you've had so far?
0: I have. Um, Our our, uh, director of football operations, Mark Gale, um, his wife and daughter are um, undercover chefs and they send in pepperoni rolls and cookies about once a week. And I had my first pepperoni roll probably about after a week after I got here and I bit into it, and I thought it was a biscuit. I was like, who just eats biscuits in the morning? I mean, this is weird, but I found out it was a pepperoni roll, and after about the eighth one, I realized this is probably not the healthiest um, choice of, of breakfast to eat eight pepperoni rolls, but um, they, they, they're phenomenal, and I think um, you guys probably get a little better um jobs, and I do, because you get to bounce around to to multiple cities and and, and dive into some of their really good foods. But if you're ever in Huntington, please get you you 12 pepperoni rolls, because you'll eat eight before you know what you really have happened, and then you'll have a few to
1: take with you. (laughs) That sounds like a challenge to take down an entire dozen by myself,
0: Coach. (laughs) Well, (laughs) everything's about competition, man. So when when you're ready, I'll I'll force myself to, uh, to indulge. (laughs)
1: fair enough coach Um, so I want to ask you you recently said in an interview with the uh, Charleston Gazette Mail that this month of June is going to be one of the most uh, critical months for college football of the last two years Um, would love to know what do you see in store for your program in the month of June here
0: yeah I think you know these 30 days or 27 days whatever we got left 20 whatever we got left are, are, are ultra the most important that any program is going to have. I think when you really look at, um, you know, where the landscape has gone in the last couple of years of the pandemic, uh, we haven't been able to see these kids. You know, we haven't been able to see these kids. These kids have grown. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm about zoomed and huddle filmed out. Um, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between six foot and six one on film. Um, it's hard to tell if a kid's got broad shoulders or if a kid's going to be able to put on weight or take off weight on film and getting these kids on campus and looking at them in the eye and really seeing their skill set, seeing if they can bend and flex, seeing how they compete in a camp setting um, is going to be huge. You know, I think another part of it um, that we really take um, to to into into part of the recruiting here is is getting to meet their families, you know. So you know what the kids made up of, you know, getting to meet the moms and the dads and the trainers and the coaches um, to really find out what kind of support the young man has had. Um, I think that's a part of the puzzle, you know. So these these days here in June for our program, I can only speak for us, um, are going to be ultra important. You know, we we've got to maximize every hour and minute of the day. Uh, we've got to get out to as many camps as we can. we got to get as many kids on campus um, so we can truly evaluate the
1: young men we want to join our program. It certainly makes sense, Coach. I mean, coming from a time period where you had to do so much research uh, virtually, I mean, what did you kind of take away from that in terms of how you further evaluate you know, recruits moving forward?
0: Yeah, I think what we've all learned in this pandemic is we probably took for granted the, the human interaction that we have or we had. Uh we probably took that for granted, you know. Um being able to see someone face to face, being able to give someone a hug, being able to just be in a person's presence and, and feel um their their energy. Uh we probably took that for granted. And sitting behind a zoom screen and putting on a certain tie and leaving our pajama pants on became our normal. We've got to kinda of get out of that. Um and I think you you can it's hard to really get to the core of a young man if you don't really get to spend some personal one-on-one face-to-face interaction with him. Um, and and although we maximized um, our opportunity with the the, the virtual uh, world that we were in for for a year and a half or two years or whatever um, to to be right and to be accurate, uh, we need to get these kids in person. I think Huntington is a is a perfect example it's a place you have to come to. You got to put your feet on the ground, you got to get in in the arena. Uh you got to walk around the campus, you got to walk around the town to really get a feel for how special this place is. And it's hard to do when, you know, you're just telling a kid something over the phone or over a computer screen. Um so for us, it it's important to get people to Huntington. Um and get them on campus and let them see our stadium, see the fountain, see downtown. Um we need that Coach, coming from
1: a place like Alabama and working for Coach Saban, obviously, uh, in, in terms of the way that program develops coaches, the the reputation kind of precedes it. But what were some of your biggest takeaways personally from you know being part of that coaching tree?
0: Well, I think obviously uh, organizational um, expectations. You know, everyone in the organization has an expectation. Everyone. Um, and I think in order for you to win championships, everyone has to be on board in order for you to win a lot of games. The football program has to be on board, but in order to win championships multiple and have consistency over time, um, the entire organization has to be on the same page and has to be working at the same expectation. Um, and I think that's the one thing that Alabama um, has going right now, every one on the campus is on board. I think you see that um, as it matriculates down to the other sports. You know, softball is having an unbelievable uh, run right now. Uh, rowing just won a championship. Basketball won a championship. And I think what happens is it becomes um, part of the atmosphere. And when that happens, then you have a consistent um, program. And that's what probably the biggest thing that I've taken from from Coach Saban: consistency um, and uh, organizational expectations. Um, and, and the quicker we can get there um, here at, at Marshall, the, the the quicker we will be that premier program. Coach, at
1: the tail end of last season, uh, the herd were obviously in contention for a, a division title as well as a conference title and then, you know, lost the last three in a row, um, you know, obviously before your time, but have you been able to address the way last season ended with the team or are you just kind of encouraging it to embrace a clean slate at this point?
0: Yeah, I, I, I have not. I have not dialed into last year at all. Um, I, I don't know um, the last coaching staff um, motto or their, routine or their organization Um, respectfully it does not matter to me um, because I have my own view and and I want our team to focus on the now Um, I don't I can't talk about last year because I wasn't here Um, so I can't point the finger at well you lost three games because of this you didn't win because of this all I can do is get our guys to understand this is what you have to do now in order to be successful Um, and here's how you do it Um, and every single day we're taking a step towards doing that um, so, and, and that they've embraced that. Um, I think when you start pointing the finger at, well, last year, this, and last year that that's, that's extremely disrespectful one. And then two, you don't have all the information. You don't know why, you know, I know you writers and podcast guys are, are smarter than us football coaches, um, but no one knows what's going on behind the scenes. You know, all you know is they lost three games. Yeah. Well you don't know what the inner workings were. So I can't, come in and say, well, here's why you lost or here's why you won. All I can do is say, hey, this is what we're going to do now, and this is the expectation now. Um, And I think the kids are able to uh, respect that. I think the kids are able to embrace that better than pointing the finger at here's reasons why. Certainly makes sense, but
1: are you saying neither Eric or myself are going to get the reins to a D1 program at any time in the near future, Coach?
0: No, I, I think you guys, all you writers, all you podcast guys all you interview guys, you, you all should because you all have the answers. In, and obviously you're better at it than all of us coaches, so I would rather you guys do it right and let me write about you doing it wrong than, than you guys telling you know us coaches that you're screwing it up um so no i i think we should flip it now i would love to sit there with the m&ms and, and ask questions and say well coach, why didn't you get a first down there it's obviously you needed seven yards why didn't you call a play to get seven yards um you know so that that would be easier than my job <laughs> oh, i appreciate the sense of humor
1: coach yeah Yo, really, What's up, Eric?
2: really quick i mentioned the lack of talent uh, before i uh, transition to you yeah that my my better talent is sitting at the press box and uh, enjoying a press meal and then uh, <laughs> coach up nice try but uh, I'll, I'll stick on this side of it. <laughs> no
1: oh man uh coach one more question before we let you get back to your day here uh you know many of us uh, still consider grant wells to be one of if not the league's best quarterback uh heading into the 2021 season how has your introduction to him been and, and how was he preparing for the fall
0: yeah Grant's done a phenomenal job I, I don't know if he's the best in the league or country or not i don't I haven't seen any other quarterbacks, but Grant's done a phenomenal job for us. I think he's grown you know i think um you know he, he has taken some strides uh, personally as a quarterback and he's taken some strides as a leader um on this team um and and he just like the rest of our guys are Taking one day at a time to try to just get a little bit better. You know, I think he's done a really good job of coming out every day and being the best version of himself. He's handled adversity well Um, since I've been here. He's handled the the highs and the lows. He's handled the change well. Um, And and we're really excited for for the team to be able um, to rally around him and and, and the other quarterbacks in the room and and hopefully um, be as consistent as he possibly can throughout the season. Absolutely. I know we uh, cannot uh, count
1: down the days fast enough until we get uh, hopefully a COVID free 2021 football season uh, coming up here, but coach, we really can't thank you enough for your time today. Uh, if you want to uh, check out Eric or myself on Twitter to those listening, it's at J O E H I O underscore and at Eric C Henry underscore. And of course uh, at underdog dynasty and underdog dynasty.com uh, for more G5 football coverage throughout the summer and moving into the season. Uh quick thank you to uh, Marshall assistant athletic director for media relations Jason her for uh, getting coach on the phone for us this morning. Uh, coach, good luck with the season, good luck with the summer, and we can't thank you enough for your time today. Happy Football Watch, everybody.